0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life. Today with me I have Lila Cansfield who is um, an equestrian coach um, and obviously she's going to talk a bit more about what she specializes in and what coaching she provides. Can I start with a little bit of a
1: story? Is that all right? Yes, it's probably easier absolutely. that way. Yeah, absolutely. So I started out with horses um, had a really, really good, what I would call a good traditional background. I was lucky enough to have my own pony, all of that stuff. And I was, um, yeah, I was really fortunate. I was around some really good people like on some quite big livery yards because I live near London um, and my family's not horsey at all. So I um I got a lot of good information about like just being around horses, handling horses. Every, it was just kind of accepted on the yards that everybody made sure their horses were easy to handle, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um and so fast forward a little bit I did uni, I did all of that sort of stuff. Did another job. That's a whole other story. Then I, my brain's kicked in, and I decided to do horses because what else do you want to do with your life? <laughs> and um, and I sort of got back into horses, and um, I somebody introduced me to natural horsemanship, and I was a little bit like, "Well, that's a bit strange. Why would you do that?" <laughs> if I'm honest that was my first impression I was like I don't know what you're doing (laughs) um but it was a good friend of mine and she basically and so and I sort of saw what happened over a period of time and then I got dragged along to a clinic to have a look and I actually went you know what there's something in this like it's you know the way people were talking about how the horses thought and that sort of stuff so I trained in it for a bit basically um and I got really um I got really into it I got really into sort of thinking about like understanding the psychology of training horses really understanding like getting how they think and um it started to fill in a lot of blanks for me in like why things I'd done in the past had worked with some horses but not worked with others and that sort of thing and so I could start to it pieced a lot of stuff together for me um and so I taught that pretty much exclusively for about ooh, 10 12 years something like that and then I kind of got to a point where it's there, there was a point in the industry I think as well where it was very much you were either doing that or you were doing traditional but there was no way that these two could meet and for me it was never like that I was always a little bit like well no I didn't you know there was loads of good stuff in my traditional training there really was like some amazing stuff so I didn't really feel like it was an either or. And so what's happened over the last five, seven years, I suppose, is actually I've, start, I've really kind of started to pull everything together a little bit more. Um, and people, people are, you know, the, the typical thing I get heard of, like, um, oh, she does all that natural th- horsemanship stuff, but she's really normal. That's <laughs> yeah. what people tell yeah, me about yeah. herself. <laughs> so I do kind of typical like loading problems um I do a lot of stuff with spooky horses um that's kind of a big thing that's kind of come out of this but it's really about yeah my whole philosophy is the best technique is the one that works
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and um Like, with groundwork and that, I think that's really important as, like, a um, foundation for any sort of, like, relationship between, you know, a rider and a horse and stuff. You can really start to understand them a little bit more and understand what works for them, what doesn't work for them um, and um, like communicate with them a bit better. Instead of just getting angry with them or, you know, getting frustrated if they're not doing something you've asked them to do, it's like taking a step back and just sort of thinking, well, why, why is it like that? And, and things.
1: Yeah, totally. And there's so much you can do um, that then translates into the ridden and makes such a big difference I mean, I always say I I do the non like it, the problem is like it's not really a problem, but it's the non glamorous stuff, isn't it? It's a bit like you know, it's a bit like being a groom in a way, isn't it? It's like yeah. you're doing all the, the mucking out, the the stuff that people maybe don't want to do so much. And it's the same with you know what I do. It's like I you know nobody's going to win anything because their horse loads into the lorry really easy, are they? Do you know what I mean? Like you don't get yeah. recognition for that. But at the same time it makes your life so much easier do yeah you know what i mean
0: yeah and um when you do you think it's like a common problem that do you i mean i know every horse is different every ride is different but do you think there is a common problem why there are spooky horses or why horses won't load into lorries or is it completely individual bases
1: oh that's a really good question <laughs> like how do i answer that <laughs> <laughs> um so let's take spooky horses for example um i cat i i i tend to categorize it so i've got like four reasons that horses spook. yeah and most horses you'll fit into those four categories now you might have more than one going on yeah but you can pretty much boil it down to those four things. And if you've got those four things and you understand the solutions for those four things, then you've got a pretty broad set of techniques that's going to work. It's Mm -hmm. probably the same with something like loading as well. I mean, ultimately most horses load because they're scared, don't load because they're scared. Yeah. Yeah. They may be looking as stubborn and as bullshit as you like outside the lorry, but nine times out of 10 when you finally do get them on there, you realise that actually the reason that they were being like that is because ultimately once they got on, they were scared. Mm. Um, So it's occasionally you get some that just don't want to. Yeah. For the most part, you can usually, I mean, with horses, basically, you can usually narrow it down to two things. It's either fear or they've learned a pattern that is not productive and it's become yeah. something that they now go, this is just what I do. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's those, two, usually those two things. Um, yeah. And the other one is obviously pain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think most riders would probably um, investigate that first before maybe getting like a coach, someone or someone like you um, yeah. to sort of say, well, I've got his back check. I've checked his saddle. I've checked the ride or checked the bit. Mm. You know, all those sort of, standard things that we probably would check as a rider anyway, just to sort of eliminate um, the probability that it could be pain. Um, And then when it comes to like spooky horses, obviously, um, I say obviously uh, in general, I can imagine (sighs) riders then get quite nervous um, and obviously knocks their confidence and stuff as well so I guess you have to work with the rider as much as you work with the horse in those type of situations
1: totally and I've got um yeah so it's I mean that's and that's also where groundwork can be really useful as well because if you've got somebody that's actually scared to get on and you can start to do some groundwork and start to get the horse karma on the ground before you actually get in the saddle then that can be a massive change for riders and also knowing that they can get off and actually Mm. but still do something productive it's not like they're defeated if they get off do you know what I mean yeah so um so yeah so it were you know there's there's often and you know occasionally you know I have a couple of confidence coaches that I work with as well like uh, you know I'll, I'll you know do you know refer on because obviously my thing I think a lot of like with spooky horses if I'm really honest I think the biggest problem is most people don't really have a plan for it They've yeah. been taught to just ride through it. They've been told that they shouldn't get off because the horse will win Um, and that somehow it's going to get better if they just carry on. Yeah. And and actually, it's like it, all that does is you end up kind of gritting your teeth, getting, you know, doing it. And both of you, you, ha- you put your horse away and both of you go, phew, thank God that's over. So and that's no fun. Yeah. No. You know?
0: Yeah. And you're um, not gaining anything from it either.
1: No, no, Absolutely. And, you know, for most of us, like, for me, it's my job, but actually for most people, it's their hobby. It's meant to be their fun time, you know
0: what <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was speaking to um, a previous um, guest about um, that sometimes we do get kind of caught up about what we should look like and how our horses should be feeling. And when that doesn't happen, um, you know, the frustration comes in, the self-doubt comes in, the, um, you know, all the negativity comes in. Um, and it and then it, it's hard to get over that, isn't it? And I know that's more a mindset thing on the actual rider. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that, you know, that that is a combo as well, isn't it? Just... Totally. And also, I think as well, like and it's not usually
1: like that, but I think also as well, people then start thinking like feeling bad. They either start um, worrying about what everybody else is thinking about them. Do you know what I mean? And actually, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really starting to get at, you know, sort of well, people are looking at me, judging me, that sort of side of things. But also, um they get worried that they're not doing well enough for their horse, mm. you know. Um, they're letting the horse down somehow. And all of that can kind of spiral into really feeling bad about the whole thing. Um, you know, and and those sorts of problems are actually solvable when you've got a plan to solve them do you know what I mean it's like actually being able to go right there's just some simple things that you can start to do um, to actually diffuse that situation and once you know those you can apply them really really easily and once you've taught them to yourself taught them to your horse um you know actually they're applicable in all sorts of different places and then calmness rather than spookiness becomes the habit rather than you know as i say the tension
0: yeah yeah and with um so with your sort of services do you prefer, do you um do like um courses or do you just do it on a um as and when basis like it could be done in one session it could be done in four sessions so uh, these days I do a
1: combination. So basically I run I do a lot of um online courses now. So I have um a whole set of spooky horses courses that run online. Um and then I also and so yeah I do a lot of as I say and that that I've had people from the states people from Norway people from all over the world do that course. Um and then I also um do like your average like private lessons, that sort of stuff. Um, and um yeah, and I travel around sort of all over. Um, and generally speaking, I don't tend to put on clinics, but I if um groups of people want to say like, right, let's do a morning or let's do a day of like speed heel training or loading training or whatever it is, then then that's how I tend to do it. yeah, rather than putting on clinics at different places.
0: And is there like been ever a situation where, you've really tried with like a client or a horse and stuff and the you know the 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 reason they've come to you you've just for some reason you know has it just not happened just because it's just one of those things and it's just not going to happen or have you managed to sort of overcome like every scenario that's come to you Mm,
1: I would say most (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, mean, I don't know whether anybody could say they've done it all do you know what i mean no. <laughs> yeah. only, um, like you said some horses just don't want to do it or just not happy to you um, know.
1: yeah i mean I, there's definitely some horses like It's rare. It's very, very rare that I've, that that it's a situation where I can't make a difference. I I wouldn't say there's any situations I've come across where I can't make a difference at all. Um, The question is always how long it's going to take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think as well, I think with like, and the horses are one thing and the clients, like the the riders are another thing because, um, you know, sometimes, I think with, particularly with teaching as well that sometimes it's just the style of the teacher do you know what I mean like there's going to be yeah. people that don't particularly resonate with me yeah somebody else might say exactly the same thing to them and they'll be like right I totally get it you know yeah. Um. and that's just like there's nothing you can do about that that's just the way you know some people the way I explain it makes perfect yeah. sense to them other people they're like huh? you know or do it something different you know exactly so and I think that's that's the nature of you know of doing that really of teaching so
0: the joy of working with horses and people
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's it and I mean you know I was really fortunate when I was training that we got you know I sort of got it you know pounded into me it's like don't be thinking that this is all about horses. You, every single horse has a person attached. And it is actually a, like, if you, if you can't work with people, this is going to be really tough. You know, you've got to work with people. And I have to say, I'm lucky in the sense, I I love working with horses. I love training horses, but I actually get a real kick probably more out of it when the person and the horse get it. Like for me, yeah. that's the real big um that's the thing that keeps the, me in the game the light bulb
0: moment when they yeah. just realize yeah, yeah yeah and I've I've found like because I teach at a local um charity riding school and sometimes mm-hmm. i found that I'm like a therapist for like half an hour an hour like oh, sometimes yeah. you're just talking and they just want to talk to they just want to get everything out and sometimes when yeah. they just talk to someone that they don't really obviously they know but it's not like someone that's like a family or a friend and they just want to get all their problems away and you'll just like end up being a therapist for half an hour. <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> and totally. Now are there like any like scenarios that you've dealt with that really stick out your mind where that for some reason or another it's really been like a proper proud moment or like oh I can't believe we've done that or I'm so like, do you know what I mean is there like any particular moments that you can sort of remember or stories that you go wow that was really good
1: yeah the one that um springs to mind um i got i, I got take i got flown, flown out to spain for a horse beautiful um big andalusian uh stallion that um they wanted to compete at um cab which is basically spanish horse of the year show and um anyway um but the problem was every time they were schooling him and and every time go across the diagonal turn onto the right rein this horse turned itself inside out and I mean when I got there and they showed me what was going on I was like it was proper jaw dropper I was like oh my god (laughs) you know um and how that girl was still on it on that horse I do not know she had one heck of a seat but she was like we can't (laughs) go like this I was like no you can't um so we did we did we did a bit of groundwork with him just because I wanted to see like a little bit to get to know him um, and just understand what was going on and I was only there for I think it was there for two days and I was like this is gonna be tough in a couple of days um but anyway let's give it a go um and I um so yes yeah, so we had a look at a little bit of groundwork there's a little bit of tension on the right I was like mm, it's not quite like I wasn't nothing was really obviously presenting itself so I was like okay let's ride got her back on um I thought yeah let's let and then I'm like okay now I've got this lady on I need to make sure she doesn't die <laughs> <laughs> anyway and then um got back on and so we just started working with, with this horse and basically all I did was I really got her to just like slow everything down and just um, really watch the horse and kind of start to learn the horse's signs that he wasn't okay and, and start to just work towards getting onto that right rein and then just letting him relax and really teach him how to it was okay. And he wasn't going to be put under more pressure because that was what was get what, what the problem was. Um, and so and so we spent, I don't know, probably about an hour just working with him on that, like back onto the left frame, make it easy again, right? Let's go back onto the right rein and we just do a tiny little bit and then back on the left. And we just kind of worked and worked and worked with it and slowly expanded it honestly And so I was like, okay, well, that's gone well. Horse has settled down. He had a couple of little moments, but nothing. It wasn't too major. Um, and so I I was like, okay, well, let's let's have a look tomorrow and see how that goes. Next day, that horse was like a different horse, and I don't mean just riding around the stables. He was just like just turned into a completely different horse. He was just like totally chilled, absolutely fine. She rode him. I won't say as normal because we were still really gentle with the right rein stuff, but yeah. it was within a mu- like a couple of weeks he was just like every other horse on the yard, and I was like, it was just for me. It was stuck sticks out so much in my mind because it was so extreme mm-hmm. and it changed so quickly, and I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what was it then was it like a balance issue or was it just that he just wasn't comfortable on the right or my the only thing I could spot
1: was he looked like he had a very slight mechanical difference with how he moved on the right and so I think his balance was and the thing is with horses you can't separate out their balance from their confidence if they feel unbalanced they are scared because their whole safety mechanism is about being able to run away so if they can't balance they can't do it you know yeah which is why pain is such an issue for them um so so yeah it was very I mean it was completely sound horse but the only thing I could put it down to is I mean, you just watched how that um right hind moved it was slightly different um and I know afterwards as well they did we like we've discussed it and they had a load of physio work done with him as well to just really make sure but it was it was just about being put under pressure in that place. He yeah. just couldn't cope with it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I guess the, like you
0: said before, it then gets to learn behaviour and then he just thinks every time you go yeah. to the right, I've, you know, it's going to hurt or I'm going to be yeah. uncomfortable or I'm yeah. going to feel unbalanced and stuff. And then he just almost goes into automatic mode that that's how he's yeah, going yeah. to feel every time
1: yeah 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 and we were just like not every horse changes that quickly for sure you know some of them once they've learned something like that it becomes quite an ingrained pattern and then that can take quite a lot of unwinding so it it's so horse to horse but that one does stick out in my mind just because it was so quick it went from so extreme to so good just really really fast yeah um
0: oh you know. Well I'm pleased that they you know you got it all sorted and do you know how they got on at the show?
1: Um unfortunately the rider completely separately to this horse had a bit of a nasty accident, so she never took the horse to the show, so I lost touch with what actually happened to the horse, which is a real oh. shame. Yeah, oh, it would be mean. a lovely fairy tale ending, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 wouldn't
0: it? If he went to the film?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> um okay, so of this part of the um, episode, I allow all my guests to have this space to talk about anything they want. So if they want to do any promotions, if they want to talk about a topic that they're really passionate about, that they really want to sh- like spread awareness, or anything that you think we've may not covered, um, you know, in this episode so far, then this is like your free space to talk about anything that you like. Um, I
1: think. <laughs> I would love to, so I will be putting on another, so we just talked a little bit about Spooky Horses. I'm going to be putting on another free Spooky Horses challenge, which runs on the 6th, I think it's Monday, the 6th of June. It's going to start. Let me just double check that date. Yes, it is. Um, And that's completely free. It's a lot of fun. It's completely free to join. Um, And it is, Basically, over five days, talk about all the reasons that horses speak. Talk about all the stuff that can kind of get in our way. Talk about like exercises you can actually do. So there's some real, like proper takeaway. So apart from just talking about the theory, there's some proper takeaway exercises that you can go and work on. Don't need any special equipment. Don't need any. You don't need an arena. You don't need anything. Just you can go and take away and work on with your horse. That, um even I've been blown away with how effective those exercises have been for so many people so um so yeah so if anybody wants to join that I will give you the link (laughs) so it's um and yeah I'd love to
0: have people in there (laughs) um because I think this episode will probably go out after your ah um, yeah after you think so is there any way that people can join at a later time or do you have a later intake that you might be doing later in the year at all that people yeah
1: i will be I'm gonna be oh sorry i've completely interrupted
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a waiting list that people could go so if you do like another challenge people can sign up for that
1: it's gonna run from this from this next one in june it's gonna run monthly so um so there will be another one at the beginning of july and then the beginning of august so basically if they go to yeah. spookyhorses.com slash challenge that will be um you'll be able to sign up for the next one
0: oh so. excellent so our listeners won't like miss out that you know they've missed the one that you've talked about but you're going to have others like you can yes oh brilliant that's amazing thank you so much <laughs> Um, okay, and then I kind of round off um, each episode with some quick fire questions. So, generally, are you a night in or a night out person? Probably night in. Literally, everyone I've spoken to on this podcast says night in. Very rarely do people go out now. <laughs> I think as well, we're all exhausted after days yeah. with horses. It's like, no, oh, no energy to do that. Snuggle up with a dog. tea or coffee coffee uh wellies or heels
1: oh of course we've all got to say wellies but at the same time it's nice to get to get the heels on now and then isn't it yeah yeah
0: (laughs) absolutely um sweet or savory savory uh book or film
1: oh film film
0: do you have any, like, is there any films you've seen recently or do you have a favourite film?
1: Oh, I love a bit of Lord of the Rings. I'm a terrible one for, like, fantasy and dragons and elves and stuff like that.
0: Are you, like, a Game of Thrones type person?
1: Yeah, Game of Thrones. I've got Shadow and Bone on the go at the moment. All of them.
0: Excellent. Um... <laughs> okay and lastly where can i know you just mentioned your website before but where can can you just tell us your website again and any social media handles or um any any platforms that you're on so my main website is lilacansfield.com. um
1: i'm on instagram i'm at lila cansfield um if you search lila cansfield basically it's the great advantage of having a name that nobody else has got <laughs> if you search me you'll find me on facebook instagram those are my main places probably facebook is my main place to hang out um i've got a couple of groups as well so um but if you pop onto my page you'll find all of that stuff and all the links and ebooks and masterclasses and stuff
0: wow thank you so much for coming on I've, i've learned so much and it is so important to put the groundwork in so um um, so thank you for like telling us the importance of it and how it can help the horse and overcome you know obstacles that we might get on the way as well oh my pleasure thank you so much for having me it's been really good fun no problems at all um as always guys if you love this episode if you can tag us in and let us know you're listening we would love to know and i'll speak to you all on the next episode listen to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it as i did making it if you um like to follow me on socials my um instagram is at equine services and the same on facebook at equine services um if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um other people to highlight the um episodes to other people and I will speak to you all on the next episode.